Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to episode 220 of Real Life Ghost Stories. Welcome back. Happy 2024. I hope that you had a peaceful and rested holiday season, whatever you were doing. And to kick things off this week, we need to thank some of our newest Patreon subscribers. I would like to thank Eileen, Deborah Brown, Renee Height, John Koch, Deanna, Joe, Claire Stevenson, Isabel Schaffeld, Ali Siliga. Christina Nyberger, Kaylee Longo, Andrew Kay, Nicola Davis, Mom25 Plus One, Louise, Karen Hunter, Matty B, Naomi Sulowitz, Jeremy, and Christy F. Thank you so much for subscribing to the Patreon. I love you and appreciate you every single day. And do forgive me if I pronounced your name wrong. <laughs> I did what I could, but it was a difficult week, okay? Which brings us to our film review and our film review this week is Leave the World Behind. Leave the World Behind was released in 2023. It has 6.5 out of 10 on IMDb and 75% on Rotten Tomatoes. In this apocalyptic thriller, Amanda and her husband Clay rent a luxurious home for the weekend with their kids Archie and Rose. Their vacation is soon upended when two strangers, G.H. and his daughter Ruth, arrive in the night bearing news of a mysterious cyber attack and seeking refuge in a house that they claim is theirs. The two families reckon with a looming disaster that grows more terrifying by the minute, forcing everyone to come to terms with their places in a collapsing world. While this film is technically not a horror, it has been everywhere and I feel like anything apocalyptic is a horror, okay? So we're, we're, we're classing it as a horror for the sake of the podcast, we're getting into it, This film was everywhere and I didn't really know that much about it when I started watching it. And I have a feeling this film's going to be a bit marmitey. So as usual, let's get into our likes first. And I have to say it, it makes me a terrible person. I know, I'm sorry, don't hate me. But I am a talker during films, okay? I'm sorry, I'm a talker. I'll be like, who's that? Oh, what's going on there? Oh, why is he opening that door? Don't open that door. Don't be stupid. Especially when I'm watching horror films. I think it's how I deal with my (laughs) anxiety during horror films where I'm like, don't do that. Don't go downstairs. Everyone knows you don't go into the basement. You're a moron the whole way through. Now this film, I was silent. I was on the edge of my seat. It was intense. I barely said a word throughout this whole film. And that is unusual for me. And that is a testament to how intense this film was. And this film is very much character driven. So you meet the family first. They're going on holidays to a holiday home at the beach to get away from things. And they are very believable as a family. You know, they have their foibles. 
they're flawed, they're nuanced, their relationships with each other are interesting. And I think it's hard to create a character driven thriller that is for the most part engaging. And I say for the most part because I have some thoughts about it in the dislikes column. Because fundamentally this story is about whether or not this apocalyptic event has happened. Whether or not the world is ending. And you don't really know throughout the story whether or not the world is ending. So your exposition comes purely from the characters and the characters' actions and relationships. Rather than it being an exposition of exactly what has happened back in civilization and whether it has happened or not. And in the middle of all this family drama and kind of, oh, maybe something weird has happened back in civilization. No, I don't think it has happened. Has it happened? These two people knock on the door and claim to own the house that the family have rented for the weekend. And it is such a good portrayal of, I suppose, what you'd call maybe the subtleties of racism, like the microaggressions. And I thought it added this brilliant layer of tension to the story. And there are times when Julia Roberts' character is deeply unlikable. And that's what I mean about, you know, even though it's character driven, those characters are nuanced. They have flaws. They're interesting to watch. And the tension and the dynamic between this family who have rented the house for the weekend and then this father and daughter who arrive at the house and say, actually, this is our house and we need to stay here. It's a really difficult, intense and interesting dynamic to watch. And it really made me think, you know, if if my family were in this situation, there's six of us in my family. And if we were in that situation, like, what would we do? And what would I do? And would I behave in the same way? Would I be freaking out? Would I be calm? Would I be thinking we need to get some supplies or we need to do something? And it really does make you think, is this situation actually possible? Like if what they think is happening is actually happening, how prepared am I? The answer is not prepared at all in any in any in any sense of the word. I did also love that you get moments of realization throughout the film, sort of at the like same time as the characters do. So you kind of go, oh my God, this is what's happening. And they're thinking the same thing. And that's a really nice way to watch a film because it's almost like you're solving a mystery as you're watching. Before we jump to the dislikes column, I just want to point out that I am aware this is based on a novel of the same name. Now, I haven't read the novel. I'm annoyed. I feel like I want, I should have read it before I watched the film, but I didn't know anything about the film. I didn't know it was based on a book nothing at all so I'm I'm annoyed that I didn't read the book first because obviously with the film I sort of understand what's happening and I I'm a bit frustrated that I didn't read the book first I might still read it just to see how different it is from the film so on to my dislikes column so to be really frank even though I was on the edge of my seat it was a, a an anxiety ridden watch there were points where I could see how people might find it slow It's so character driven that sometimes you forget that, oh shit, yeah, there's some weird shit going on and apparently the world might be ending. Oh, I'd forgotten that was happening. And maybe that's pointed. Maybe that's what it's trying to do. And I wondered if because the film, obviously, like I said, was a novel, there were elements of the story that just seemed shoehorned in that didn't particularly fit or they weren't properly explored. There is a moment between um, Julia Roberts' character and the character of the man who owns the house where they have this bizarre moment of 
sexual tension, which doesn't, in my opinion, didn't add anything to the story and seemed so incongruous to the rest of the script, didn't really make any sense. And it was really fleeting, far too fleeting for it to have even sort of been important to the storyline. And I wondered if in the book it's it's explored more, you know, if there's more of a, a padding out of that particular part of the storyline, which would make sense. But it didn't it didn't feel like it really fit in the narrative of the film. And because you don't know what's happening and the characters don't know what's happening, like I said, in the likes column, you don't get an exposition of what's happening. You don't see the series of events that have led up to their phones cutting out or the TVs being shut down. There isn't anything that tells you what is happening aside from what the family are experiencing, right? So as a result, it sort of feels like there are loose threads that you just don't really understand or you can't really get a grasp of. And while, again, I understand that's probably pointed, it's probably, you know, to put you in that position with the family where you don't actually know what's going on because you don't have access to the news or the internet or whatever. So, for example, there's moments of really strange animal behaviour And the characters theorise about what is happening with the animals, but you don't particularly find out. And I found that very frustrating. Like, I wanted to know the actual cause of everything. And don't worry, I'm not going to give away any spoilers, but the ending of this film has been very controversial. And I'm not sure that I liked it. I, I think I got it. I think I understood what the ending was trying to say, or I think I understood what the director and the writer were trying to get at. But I really had a visceral reaction when the credits started to roll. I was like, please don't tell me that's the ending. Please don't tell me that is it. So in summary, I do think it's quite a marmite film. Um, My brother watched it. I was at home and I was like, oh, I watched a good film when I was in England called Leave the World Behind. You should watch it. And he watched it and he didn't particularly like it. He, he wasn't particularly engaged in it. He didn't find it very interesting. So I think it's going to be quite marmite But for me leave the world behind it's a four stars from me i'm sandra and i'm just the professional your small business was looking for but you didn't hire me because you didn't use linkedin jobs linkedin has professionals you can't find anywhere else including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role like me in a given month over 70 percent of linkedin users don't visit other leading job sites so if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Which brings us to our story this week. And our story this week was directly inspired by the film. So during the film... Kevin Bacon makes an appearance he is a character in the film and he references the story this week and he says you know all that stuff that happened down in Cuba with the sounds and I was like oh that sounds really familiar what what is that what is he referring to and he is of course referring to the mysterious Havana syndrome and this is a story that really 
intrigued me for a number of different reasons. It's kind of different to what we usually cover in that it's more of a mystery than anything paranormal. Uh, So I hope you guys enjoy it. And let's get into it. Imagine being perfectly healthy one minute and then experiencing debilitating pain the next. While hundreds lived through that experience when they started reporting strange symptoms out of the blue. Starting in 2016, reports from CIA employees in Cuba revealed people experiencing painful headaches, horrible fatigue and a piercing ringing in their ears. Even worse, some people suffered from brain damage with issues with cognitive function. So these aren't your average cases of discomfort. And the context of all of these cases has been mysteriously similar. But not because everyone was bitten by the same bug, exposed to the same contagion, shared the same genetic makeup, or even isolated in the same geographical location. It might have started in Cuba. However, United States government officials from countries all around the world fell victim to this mysterious illness. Some of the affected were only temporarily ill, while others had symptoms that have become chronic. It has become known as Havana Syndrome and has unlocked several theories, conspiracy and scientific, given its mysterious context and unknown cause. From secret government weapons causing mass psychogenic illnesses to crickets. No one quite knows what is making people so sick so suddenly. Is this a natural phenomenon? A secret sonic weapon? Or just a big coincidence? Whatever it is, it became known as the Havana Syndrome and over the years... It has impacted over 1,000 people from several countries around the world. In November of 2016 in Havana, Cuba, a US diplomat and his wife had spent the evening with friends. They had just moved to Cuba from the United States, so everything in this new country was a little bit foreign to them as they were still getting used to their new life. They moved into an upscale development called El Country Club, When their neighbours were over for drinks that night, they noticed an odd sound. To them, it sounded like a cicada, but seemed a bit more extreme, more piercing, and almost metallic, according to claims. It wasn't a sound that they were accustomed to hearing. The noise lasted through dinner, which was an annoyance, but not alarming. When the noise persisted, the couple insisted a maintenance worker came over and check for any electrical issues that could be causing the noise. But when they came over to look for the source of the noise, they found nothing. All of their homes, electrical outlets, seemed fine. But the sound lingered for three long months. During that time, the couple fell ill. They claimed that their illnesses started the night they first heard the noise. They claimed their concentration became unstable and their minds were cloudy. The US diplomat eventually shared this information with some of his co-workers at the embassy. To his complete surprise, one of his co-workers, who was only in his 30s, described feeling similarly. 
He also told him he heard a strange noise around the time that he fell ill. He heard a high-pitched sound right before experiencing health issues. Could it be from the same thing? The co-worker recorded audio of the noise and played it for the diplomat, and it was the exact noise that the diplomat had been hearing with his wife. That same sound that seemed to unlock some sort of irritation within their bodies. Because the couple were still experiencing worrisome symptoms after months, they decided to go to Miami to be examined by doctors. Here they were diagnosed with concussion-like symptoms, including headaches, fatigue and disorientation. Strangely enough, more diplomats in the Havana area reported experiencing the same symptoms. Over the course of two more months, nearly 30 officials in Havana are diagnosed with the same mysterious condition. But something scary was happening. Some of the people suffering from these symptoms began to get worse. They weren't simply experiencing bad headaches or a lack of balance. They began to experience greater cognitive difficulty, including trouble seeing or hearing. Another aspect that starts to frighten those affected was that there was still no clear answer as to what was causing this outbreak, which meant that there was no real treatment for it. An investigation was opened by the US government in January of 2017. After all, dozens of their ambassadors were falling ill for no clear or apparent reason. With clean bills of health before the noise, it seems like the government needed to get to the bottom of this in order to understand how and why this was happening. The government employees were examined thoroughly back in the United States. The results from those examinations were published in the Journal of the American Medical Association in 2018 and this seems to prove how seriously the US government was taking all of this. The study concluded that the patients had experienced widespread injury to their brain networks. A clear physical change to the brain could be seen in the MRIs. Several neurological tests showed a change in memory spatial orientation and executive functioning within all of the patients. Their scans revealed the same sort of results that we would see in patients that have experienced a car crash or an explosion. But the government employees hadn't experienced that type of trauma. They had simply heard a noise that sounded like a piercing noise or a loud, intense cicada. None of them claimed to have heard an explosion or anything like that and none of them had suffered from a car crash within the allotted time. The doctors had no idea what caused these neurological changes or why this particular subject group were all suffering from the same symptoms. So the doctors called this mysterious illness Havana Syndrome. And at this time, all of those affected were Americans. But that would soon change. In March of 2018, Canadian officials began to show the very same symptoms as the Americans. 40 Canadians fell ill. And in response to this sudden sweep of illness, the Canadian government pulled their diplomats out of Cuba. Because those affected were diplomats or members of the CIA, suspicion began to grow. And so did the theories. Before we take a deeper dive into the world of conspiracy theories and, of course, rational explanations, 
Let's take a look at the larger picture. Cuba is a communist state with a population of 11 million. In 2014, Barack Obama and Raul Castro signed an agreement reviving diplomatic ties between the US and Cuba. This agreement re-established a US embassy in Cuba. Over the years, the US and Cuba have had a strained relationship. And maybe that's a bit of an understatement. 60 years ago, Fidel Castro overthrew a US-backed government. President Obama, in addition to normalising bilateral relations and restoring diplomatic ties, expanded trade and travel. But during the Trump administration, much of these reforms were reversed. Since then, President Biden loosened a few US restrictions in the wake of widespread protests and a renewed crackdown by Havana. So things between Cuba and the US have always been a little tense, rooting all the way back to the Cold War. So when a group of US government officials turn up ill in the middle of Cuba without any sort of clear or rational explanation, minds started to wonder and blame started to be placed. In 2017, the Trump administration banned cruise ships and other vessels from sailing in between the US and Cuba. The Trump administration also banned flights to Cuban cities other than Havana, barring US travellers from staying at establishments linked to the Cuban government or the Communist Party. Americans were banned from travelling to Cuba individually for educational or cultural reasons. And not long after this ban, the administration threatened to pull many of its embassy staff from Havana. There was growing concern over the reason behind the mysterious illnesses that seemed to be infecting so many Americans in Havana. So it's safe to say that things are pretty tense. Could the Cuban government be behind it all? This was one theory coming out of the mouth of the US government. They believed that it was possible that the Cuban government was behind it somehow. President Trump outright blamed the Cuban government on live television and the illness was named Havana Syndrome. All signs pointed to blaming Cuba. But the Cuban government immediately denied any involvement. Meanwhile, some members of the White House staff were calling it an act of war. In response, the Cuban government interviewed 300 people who lived near the diplomats. It said they visited the places where these US staffers lived and investigated for any suspicious activity. They analysed air and oil samples and conducted dozens of medical examinations to see if people in the surrounding area were affected and they found nothing. The Cuban government made a stance that there is no known form of energy that can damage the brain in the way that doctors described. They even began to doubt that there is a syndrome at all and opened up the possibility that these people were lying or simply placing the blame on something completely unrelated. They completely dismissed the notion that they used some sort of sonic weapons to attack these American officials. Instead, they offered their own explanation for the sounds and the symptoms. They asserted that the high-pitched noise all the witnesses heard belonged to crickets. And the noise of those crickets exacerbated the already stressed out government employees. To get to the bottom of the cricket theory, 
biologists from UC Berkeley and the University of Lincoln, Alexander Stubbs and Fernando Montelegrizi analysed audio recordings from Cuba made by an affected US official. The results? The recording was of a cricket. But not just any cricket. The recording was of the Indies short-tailed cricket. Now, these crickets are native to Cuba, so that part isn't unusual. But it did prove that the noise came from something natural, and not a man-made technological device as suggested by some members of the US government. And growing conspiracy theories that the sounds were acts of war via sonic weapons. The scientists were able to match the pulse repletion rate, power spectrum, pulse rate stability and oscillations per pulse from the crickets to the recording. But this still didn't answer any questions as to why people were falling ill. The natives had no issues with the sounds of the crickets. Perhaps the newly located ambassadors had trouble adjusting? Another theory that doesn't quite feel satisfying. The US Center for Disease Control Prevention conducted their own investigation called Cuba Unexplained Events Investigation. It was a two-year investigation with results marked for official use only or sensitive but unclassified documents. Were they really hearing crickets? To get back to the sound, the Indies short-tailed cricket isn't your average cricket. The biologist matched the sound on the recording to their mating call. And these crickets can chirp at 100 decibels. The sheer power of their mating calls could be magnifying the pre-existing stress within each affected person. And just to give some relatable context, 100 decibels is around the sound of your headphones or earphones at full volume. So it's pretty loud. So the Cubans believe that these crickets are simply making things worse. They are magnifying stress that the diplomats were already experiencing. In other words, it's a psychogenetic illness. Studies have shown that people who have been exposed to long-term stress show similar brain scans to those suffering from Havana syndrome. This sort of stress can become self-perpetuating. For example, once news of a possible war act or sonic weapon hits the news, people become more worried and even more stressed. They lose sleep, which affects their cognitive function. They become paranoid and hyper-aware of what their bodies are feeling. But those who were affected aren't buying it. They claim that their symptoms were progressing before any news broke to the media. These are also people that are trained to work and live in a highly stressful environment. So they pushed back on the theory that their illness was nothing more than extreme stress caused by the sound of a cricket chirp. But there still wasn't any definitive answers for the side effects and more investigations were needed. The US government called in an elite scientific team to help crack the case. After the Soviet Sputnik launch in 1960, a top secret organisation was formed called Jason. It consisted of a group of physicists and scientists who advised the US government. This group analysed audio recordings from eight of the original 21 incidents in Havana. They also looked at two cell phone videos taken by a patient in Cuba. Their investigation concluded the sounds were most likely caused by insects 
and that it was highly unlikely the sound came from microwaves or ultrasound beams. Their finds were first reported by Reuters in 2019. But the report remained classified until 2021 when parts were declassified. This report also concluded that the cause of the condition remained unknown. However, psychogenetic effects may serve to explain important components of reported injuries. However, the report does say it cannot be ruled out that the perceived sounds, while not harmful, are introduced by an adversary as deception so as to mask an entirely unrelated mode of causing illness in diplomatic personnel. So are these crickets a distraction in order to hide another attack? But the United States and Canada weren't the only nations impacted by this syndrome, and it wasn't limited to Havana. Reports of the syndrome came out of Washington DC, Berlin, Vienna, Serbia, India, Vietnam and China. In the years since the first victims came forward, Speculation has mounted as to whether this was all the result of foreign adversaries attacking American diplomats. Many of those people suffering from Havana Syndrome believed that they are victims of a deliberate attack. In March of 2023, US intelligence agencies concluded that Havana Syndrome was not caused by energy weapons or foreign adversaries. They concluded that it was very unlikely an enemy is wielding a secret weapon behind the mysterious illness. There was no evidence pointing towards foreign involvement and no evidence any US partner was targeted systematically or evidence that this was even being practiced by an adversary. The National Intelligence Council updated their assessment of possible causes in their report and some of the suggested causes are that it's environmental, like a possible malfunctioning air conditioner that created pressure in a room, that it was pre-existing medical conditions, that it was just a conventional illness or that it was social forces like the media attention exacerbating people's feelings surrounding their perceived illnesses. Since 2016, some questions have been answered, but there are still many questions still at large. It seems like we can conclude that the noise the officials heard were in fact crickets, but the mystery remains. Was that simply a natural phenomenon and it was just a coincidence that so many people fell ill from this piercing sound? Or is something nefarious going on? Are the crickets a cover-up? Many people, including those affected by the syndrome, believe this to be true. They were also upset with the findings from the National Intelligence Council report. The Havana Act was approved by Congress in 2021 and provided up to $187,300 in compensation for the victims. One victim said the money wasn't life-changing but had been helpful. More importantly, it was an official acknowledgement that the incident had occurred and caused permanent brain injuries for some. As of now, the mystery is still not completely solved. The reasoning behind why so many people were struck with neurological illnesses, which means the Havana syndrome is still open for interpretation and, of course, is a breeding ground for conspiracy theories. So is this a cover-up or a distraction? We might never know the truth behind how and why so many diplomats suffered from these strange illnesses and that's what makes Havana syndrome such a fascinating topic. But here's the thing. Cuba is not the only place in the world where strange sounds have been reported. It's likely that Havana Syndrome gathered more media attention because of the precarious political context. 
There is also the reality that a possible sonic attack from enemy forces could be used as political propaganda. Maybe it was just the perfect opportunity. But with that being said, strange hums, booms, drones and even trumpets have been reported all over the world. According to Jay Carter in a 2021 article for Animalian.com, starting in the second half of 2011 and accelerating into 2012, reports have flooded in from hundreds of cities around the world regarding the strange and powerful sounds and mysterious noises emanating from unknown sources, varying from midnight roars and loud booms to industrial drones that seem to permeate the walls of the cities. These sounds have been reported by thousands of people and documented for all to hear. Perhaps the creepiest sound has been the oft-reported omnipresent trumpet horns played in eerie musical patterns. Sounds made up, doesn't it? But it's actually one of the most empirically documented mysteries of the modern era. If this is your first time hearing of it, buckle your seatbelt because you're in for a wild ride. The recording you are about to hear was made in Houston, Texas on the 23rd of the 1st, 2012. What's most incredible has been the widespread nature of the sounds. They are heard simultaneously by thousands of people in completely different parts of the world, in different time zones. The phenomenon's geographic scale has encompassed up to five counties at once. In 2013, explosive bangs were heard in Buffalo, New York and London, England, cities separated by 3,000 miles. At the same time, with thousands of people reporting to local police. Authorities in both locations confirmed that there were no jets in the area, no seismic activity, no fracking, etc. No explanation. On March the 16th, 2015, from North Carolina to New Jersey, a distance of 345 miles, roaring explosive sounds exactly 20 seconds in length were heard exactly two hours apart in sequential patterns. This is just the tip of the iceberg. If you YouTube mysterious sounds, you can literally consume hours upon hours of different eyewitness examples. 
There are, of course, lots of theories as to what these sounds are and where they might come from. Some people believe they are something biblical, heralding the end of days, while other people believe it is something alien, something otherworldly that is making the sounds. And there are some who posit the explanation that there is something going on in the Earth's core. Either way, just like Havana Syndrome, these sky trumpets have yet to be explained. I have wanted to talk about sky trumpets for so long. For so long. And I decided, you know, I can't do a whole episode on sky trumpets. There's not there's not that much content, only me playing the audio of sky trumpets over and over again. Which again, you know, wouldn't really be good for the listener. And then, in the film, Leave the World Behind, they mentioned Havana Syndrome... And when I was doing the episode about Havana Syndrome, I thought to myself, why not include some stuff on Sky Trumpets? Now is the time. Now is the time to talk about Sky Trumpets. And I don't know if it's just me. It might be just me, but I find the audio of the Sky Trumpets really freaky. For some reason, it really gives me the heebie-jeebies. I don't know why. Maybe it's the sheer volume. And just to reiterate, you know, when you heard that particular sound of the Sky Trumpets, like that's just somebody in their back garden filming a video of the sky being like I don't know where this sound is coming from but according to that Animalian article I, I find it really difficult to say that and obviously as always the links to everything are in the description of this episode apparently according to them some secret government worker a geologist came forward and said something is going on in the inner core of the earth and then they they sort of did some sciencey speak and basically they said it was infrasound coming from the inner core of the earth, which is really interesting. They referred to themselves as a whistleblower and then they referred to the poles shifting and that's what's causing the sounds. And um, then that whistleblower mysteriously disappeared after making his disclosures to Linda Moulton Ho of earthfiles.com, which admittedly I do think is frustratingly convenient. And while I think, you know, these these this phenomenon of these sonic sounds, I think they're pretty freaky. I don't know what it is. I think it's the magnitude of them that freaks me out. The magnitude of the noise from something completely unseen really gives me the heebie-jeebies. I do think they're freaky. I don't think they're paranormal. And I, I'd imagine there is probably a very serious and studious scientific explanation for them. But I'm sorry, Will, if you're listening. I'm just refusing to accept or acknowledge that it is infrasound. I'm not doing it. And before we get into talking about the mysterious sounds of Havana Syndrome, this is not about to become a conspiracy theory podcast. Don't you worry your little selves. We're not pivoting to conspiracy theories or governmental drama. But the topic came up in the film and I knew some things about it. I knew a bit about it and I was like, oh, that's an interesting topic. So I wanted to dive into it. So don't don't panic if you're thinking, oh, no, not another conspiracy theory podcast. I can't do it. I actually didn't know that Havana Syndrome had been blamed on a particular type of cricket. And it just made me think of a couple of years ago, Dan and I went to Canada. And while we were there, I was completely, continuously, constantly frustrated and distracted by the sounds of, I don't know what the creatures were, maybe some sort of cicadas, maybe some sort of crickets. Everyone else is milling about their business and I'm obsessing over the sounds of these crickets. That were just chirping, chirping, chirping constantly. This constant buzz that was happening all around me every time I went outside the door. Now granted, it wasn't that loud. It wasn't like 100 decibels loud. It wasn't loud enough that it was, you know, ear splittingly loud or 
you know, I couldn't hear other things loud, but it was loud enough that it was sort of a constant drone that just annoyed me. And I, you know, got used to it. Of course you do. And I imagine when you're living in the area, you get used to it so that you don't even hear it anymore because that's what your brain does, right? It blocks out those constants. But honestly, after reading about Havana syndrome and it being caused, well, potentially being caused by crickets, I feel like I was lucky to come away from Canada with my brain intact. I'm joking, obviously, but it does make sense that people who were new to the area, these people who had been moved in to Havana in order to work in the American embassy, that they would suddenly be assaulted with this sound, having not heard it before especially not that loud. And I wonder if the sound suddenly kicked in because the mating season started. You know the way with some creatures like crickets or whatever, they will all do something en masse on the same day um, because some pheromone is released or some key temperature is reached in the environment, whatever it is that makes these creatures all behave the same way at the same time. Is that why it started all of a sudden? In terms of the National Intelligence Council, you know, they suggested that it was possibly environmental, like a malfunctioning air conditioner. And I understand that malfunctioning electrical items in a household, we know that they can cause things like infrasound or they can create variations in air pressure that could be detrimental to a human being that is in that area for an extended period of time. But I do think that when people started reporting these illnesses, etc., that all of these items would have been checked. They also listed pre-existing medical conditions as a possibility. And yes, I mean, technically, of course, you can agree that people might have had pre-existing medical conditions that came to the fore at a particular time. I don't think it's likely that everyone would be reporting similar or the same symptoms if that was the case. Equally, there's obviously the the implication that these people could have a pre-existing medical condition that made them more predisposed to be afflicted by whatever it was that afflicted these people. I mean, yes, but also something caused those pre-medical conditions to come to the fore in that exact period of time, in that exact place, to that amount of people. I think also if it was a conventional illness that all of these people contracted, that the doctors in America and doctors in Cuba would have been able to identify and isolate what that illness was between all of them working together and all of them working independently. I'm pretty sure somebody would have been able to say, oh, it's this virus and they've contracted it here and that's why it's impacted all of these people. But that doesn't seem to be the case in this instance. And finally, they they cited social forces, the media attention as one of the reasons as to why this happened. And I think actually maybe the media attention exacerbated it. I do agree with that partly. I don't think it goes the whole way in explaining exactly what happened, but I do think it probably exacerbated things for a lot of people, even subconsciously, even without them realising it. And I did wonder if the reports of the illness striking people from other parts of the world may have been because of the media attention that Havana Syndrome received and then people sort of panicked or not even panicked but people attributed things that they had been feeling to Havana Syndrome or they were thinking about Havana Syndrome and suddenly went oh do I feel unwell too? I actually don't personally believe that it is the testing of any sort of secret weapon to be perfectly honest. And I can't believe that I'm saying this but I I do think it is most likely to be a mixture of crickets, potentially pre-existing conditions and media attention. 
And I think what's really remarkable about this story is the fact that these people went and had MRI scans done and there was clear damage done to neural pathways in their brains. And I think what that does is highlight how damaging long-term stress can be on our brains. Like that's the terrifying part of all of this, in my opinion. That and the fact that nobody seems to be particularly worried about the impending cricket takeover of 2024. Is that going to be our apocalypse? It's going to be crickets. It's them practicing a little sonic weapon that they've come up with. And if you don't believe me, that's okay. But I don't promise not to say I told you so when the great cricket apocalypse looms. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you would like to send in your story, you can do so by emailing it to reallifeghoststoriespodcast at gmail.com. You can also check out the website, reallifeghoststoriespodcast.com. And if you are desperate for some extra content, you can subscribe to the Patreon. That is patreon.com forward slash reallifeghoststories, where for $5 a month or $2 a month, you get access to heaps of extra content, as well as every single main and mini episode completely ad free. And on that note, I shall see you next time. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com.